Hey everyone! Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, I officially started the Sega show. How every Sega product should start. <laughs> um, we're back really quick. It seems like we just did one of these. I know. It's we are. We did the math right, right? Maybe we're, we're on track. We're not gonna fall behind now. No, we're, this one's gonna be early. I'm gonna get this up tonight. So normally it's up like Friday. It'll be up Thursday morning, kind of. Oh, so then we'll put one out late next week, so it'll feel like two weeks went by. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now next. And my week. system's gonna be all. Not that my system is ever actually in. Uh, what's that word? Where it's like good homeostasis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, well, now I mean, <laughs> we, we, uh, we're, this is like two rad year shows in like three days. We're like going in, we're like keto mode for rad years. I was just about to tell you why we're, we're never be a homostasis. We drink like fools and we eat like shit. So <laughs> we do well, very little, I, I have, we do very <laughs> little exercise. I have my lunch bag with a ice pack in it with beers in there, so I don't have to waste time and stop the show to go up to the fridge. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I would do that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pee anyway, so it's just it's fruitless effort. Ah, I got a floor drain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I'm on the I'm on the second floor. Uh, oh, la di da. My house has two floors. <laughs> Three. Okay, if you got the basement, I guess. I guess that's four. four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a room above the second floor that allows you to store more shit in it. Yeah, we have an attic, too. I just never went up there. (laughs) Oh, God, you're so lucky. That means you never have to clean it out. I don't even know if you can. There's an entrance, but I don't know. Is it one of those Clark Griswold smash-in-the-face ones? It probably is because I think Northeast homes have to be built with uh, peaks because of snow, correct? I think so. I don't know if it's a rule or just common sense. Yeah, and that's why they that's why they build them that way, and yeah. that just lends to attic space because there's nothing else to do with it. So mm-hmm. it's there. I see the entrance. I just never got a ladder, pushed the thing aside, and went up in there. There might be a flock of birds taking who took it over who are for all. Well, in that case, still don't look. You're better off. Probably. Uh, I know why you're not going to be, we're going to be rushing and, and, and fumbling to get the show done next week. We are officially, uh, the Rad Years podcast has been accepted as a member of the esteemed media, the fourth estate, the fifth estate or the fourth estate? Fifth uh, estate? It's, uh, it's pretty much fourth. one of the it estates. Is, it is the fourth. It's the fourth. <laughs> it's the fourth. The fourth estate. That's why they call it the fourth wall, right? No. Uh, we oh. will be covering from the We're floor. We're not even legit media in our actual jobs. <laughs> I know. It's funny that if I would have applied for uh, press credentials under our legit company, I probably would have got denied. But under the Rad Years podcast, we were accepted. Squeezer and I both were accepted as influencers. 
<laughs> I, it's it's funny. Uh, we're I gonna just... influence you to buy the shit that I'll, I, I'm gonna influence myself to buy all the uh, Hasbro yeah. Ghostbusters toys they're releasing. We'll yeah, be on the floor. They don't realize is the audience we talk to is already influenced in the buying the shit that we're going to be talking about. So, all right, it's just really I've been wanting to go to toy toy fair has been my holy grail <laughs> since I've been like in high school and fig- found out about it. Like, and it's just it's not open to the public. No one could just go to toy fair. You have to be a toy manufacturer, a toy exhibitor, or a member of the media, and to, and somehow get accepted to toy fair. You can't buy tickets. You can't get in any other way. And I always wanted to. And I know I kept telling you I wanted to go, and then if I had I was going, you would have to go with me, because uh, I am codependent. I think. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, squeeze here, you're gonna have to apply because my." And dream... you're not allowed to drink there, so. Right, my dream is now your dream. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, you're are gonna... we talking about? I, I hope toy fair or every other aspect of our lives. Toy fair. Oh, okay. No, we share our dreams and everything else. Yeah. When you're severely disappointed, just don't come at me. That we had that one. No, I'm looking forward to it. We had that one magical year where I'm like, we're sitting in the hallway of a baseball stadium, and I'm like, in the bowels with our with our cameras, and I'm like, next to an unclean toilet. Next to an unclean toilet, and I'm I was like, hey, do you want to go to Thursday at New York Comic Con? This was like six years ago, right? Seven years ago. Uh, yeah. And um, maybe six, six years ago, I think. And you're like, yeah, why not? I'm like, all right, I bought the tickets already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was that one. It was, it was, I was kind of before New York crested to be, it's not obviously not bigger than um, San Diego, but they say more people come through. So that's why they give it the bigger status. Mm -hmm. And and when we went, we went on a Thursday. And it's before people figured out you can go on a Thursday. Yeah, I think the Thursday. That first year was awesome. That first year was great. We had a great time. We stayed till they shut the lights out on us, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Javits Center. I'm interested. We've been to other trade shows for our uh, our, our trade of of choice there, and it's you could actually walk and move. yeah, I like I frolic. I actually <laughs> I actually like twirl. You did frolic. You did. I did. You want a door prize? I can look at look at the room. I can I can put my arms out like tip to tip like an owl, and like <clears throat> not touch seven people. I could walk further than a half inch at a time. It's like shuffling at, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. it really does burn the calves. It's uh, yeah, you feel like you walk ten miles, and you you're like I haven't even got a mile. <laughs> well, all, the reason that it feels like you walk ten miles is because the average. Um, BMI there uh, is a little <laughs> higher. So, yeah, it's going to feel like you walked a lot farther than you did. Um, I can make that joke. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see the, the floor space and the crowd. I'm assuming it's going to be like um, NAB New York, right? Which is National Association so. of Broadcasters. going to be more like that, yeah. Casters, that's where we go to. To we go as a as a we go for work to look at video equipment, but we're also looking at equipment for the rad years when we're there. It's a win-win situation. Well, I don't know. All it is now, it's like there's like one piece of equipment I want to see, and then seven people trying to sell me their server. I'm like, I, I, 
see that's a difference this? when i leave for vegas in april that is yeah every you get, you get to see all the toys that you don't get to buy me single piece of equipment in the planet is there for you to to see and nerd over lord over um and i could I, we could actually have some some coherent uh thought and and, and conversations with people there this year because one mm. blithering idiot isn't with it won't be with us this year uh <laughs> Uh, yeah let's say that in the most honest truthful way possible yep. um but <laughs> <Jim's laughing> right now <laughs> but uh uh yeah so we will have reports i so i've got my cameras ready well i'm getting my camera i started everything today i started packing stickers and pins and shirts and i i started and then i start i got sidetracked by my actual job so i just just started i barely like how we were bitching about that at work. Like, there's so much work to do. And, uh, you know, I, I have to get the wireless audio kit ready. So we will have, we're actually going to have video content that will be uploaded and every night we're there. And yeah, right now, I just, I just heard there was like a whooshing sound and that was a collective group of people rolling their eyes all at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure you will. Should we just bring the microphone and record audio content because it's impossible for us to do? But I think that would be like the bane of the podcast listeners' existence if they had to listen to us interview toy exhibitors. You want to see the shit. You don't want to hear people talk about it. Oh, no. We can paint a picture. Well, you and I can, but like... Yeah. It would be like, it'd Joe be like Schmo the from no. Hasbro. It would be like 1930s all over again. Yeah. Uh, theater of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. But we uh, we will have video cameras there. If I could get my shit together, I will have a pretty decent rig there. I don't know. Are you bringing anything? Yeah, I gotta go through my bag of toys. I would. Um, I I, I want approval on what you bring, because unless you just uh, I go ahead of you and you meet me inside after a five hour bag check. Well, if you're bringing the camera, I'll bring the lighting gear. <laughs> uh, Just pushing my hamper through. <laughs> uh, what's in there? Pipe and drape. <laughs> yeah. You got to make it look nice. All right. By the way, there's a generator that's going to be delivered out back. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there'd be tie-ins at Javits, but you got to pay the oh, union. Oh, yeah. I don't have to deal with the electrician. Yeah, so. you got to pay the union, union fees. Yeah. Yeah, we're not anti-union here, but we're no, we don't have but, mo- we yeah, don't have that kind of money. We don't have the money for that. Yeah. So, yeah, even if we go up Monday, by the time I get it lit, and we'll test everything out Tuesday, and we should be ready to go Wednesday to shoot stuff. <laughs> right after the show's over. Uh, yeah, well, we we will have content. Uh, well, then we won't have to worry about crowd noise. I'll be handing Squeezer my phone with the Rad Years account on it, and. He'll be shooting, and I'll be shooting him, and he'll be shooting me, and uh, we'll be shooting a lot of toys there. And then it's gonna we'll... be just like the end of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yeah, except uh, who gets whose ear gets cut off? What's that? Uh... Hmm. I'll tell you what. If there's some sort of new Stretch Armstrong, we'll cut his ear off. Okay. Well, I'm Mr. Pink. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna weasel my way out the door and while everyone else is writhing on the floor, we're dead. <coughs> um got some stuff to go over. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, Chris Pratt, the Chris Pratt, uh, was doing an interview and um, speaking about the third Jurassic World picture, mm-hmm. and he kind of said everybody from the original film is returning comparing the new movie to the Avengers Endgame of the Jurassic franchise and the way it brings everything full circle. And I don't know if that was reported or not. Um, Of course, uh, Richard Attenborough has passed, so Mm -hmm. I hope he's not returning unless they're exhuming his body or something that I don't know about. Uh, Or they're pulling the Princess Leia, put it on his brother. No, but he died in the movie, too. No, he didn't. He died in the yeah, book. He did. Died in the book, buddy. No, he died. He died in in uh, Lost World three. Did he? Yeah, he was on his deathbed. I thought that was two. Was it two or three? Two. No, I don't think he died in two. I think he died in. Oh. Yeah, but no, he died. Okay. So I'm assuming. But not not like in the book though. Copies didn't get him. I'm I. <clears throat> I think it would be, I would think it would be the, uh, Ellie Sattler, because Laura Dern's riding high right now, just won an yeah. Oscar, um, Alan Grant and, uh, Ian, Ian Malcolm, <laughs> uh, and <clears throat> so we'll probably get Wu back because that's a little bit of a hangover from Cliffhanger. Did he not die in, in the second did he die? I, I thought he Fallen got out Kingdom, again. He might have, yeah. Everything's kind of running together now. Yeah. And, of course, we had Ian Malcolm in the last one, too. So yeah, just so it feels like everyone everyone that was there... Do we get Tim and Lex? We ha- Other than Tim and Lex. Yeah. But it's hard to find a you reason can, that... You could just recast them. No, but even just, like, shoehorn them in. It's like you had two kids that were... I mean, if you think acting as a kid is traumatizing, how about being nearly eaten by dinosaurs is traumatizing, you know? Yeah, it's true. But life finds a way. Um, yeah, it's certainly like, haha, life finds a way. <laughs> Did you. you see there was, you know what a deep fake is, Squeezer? We never saw Muldoon die. Clever girl. Yeah, he just had a raptor on top of him eating his face, screaming. Right. Yeah, maybe the snake on the log bit the raptor. Maybe it's very venomous. He got away. Did you see? You know what a deep fake is, Squeezer? Yes. Not the deep fake that you've probably seen before, but that people are actually using them for other things <laughs> instead of their original intended use. Oh, <clears throat> I see what you're implying, but yes. So someone, I don't watch that kind of content. Someone made a deep fake video reimagining Back to the Future. With Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. Ooh, that's a good idea. Not right. that I want to see it ever no, redone. No, but it, the internet went fucking crazy. But Tom Holland said he's against making a reboot of that movie. It doesn't need to be done. Good for him. That's yeah. some balls. Yeah. And some that's like standards right there. I would like, like to see a sequel, though. I'll see more Back to the Future movies. <clears> hmm. <throat> And you, they could say yeah, okay. that they could say that the future was changed when Marty went. That was just the look of what the future could have been. And when, when oh yeah, sh- it would absolutely change now. And when shit happened, that's why that's why it didn't turn out the way. That's why we don't have hoverboards and stuff. Oh, is that what really happened? That's probably what happened. That's why we don't have hoverboards. Fucking Marty. 
Um, also, uh, Wicked Cool Toys. Uh, they will be making officially uh, the AEW wrestling figures. I know. I don't really. I, I sometimes collect some metal. I collect the metal retros. Uh, I have almost all of the ones I wanted. I don't. I don't really have many of the newer wrestlers. I have all the throwback wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple. You know, I have a handful of metal and old Jacks wrestling figures. Just maybe throwbacks. But I thought it's pretty cool that AEW and Wicked Cool Toys is getting into production of AEW action figures. And they do some sort of retro spin on them somehow. If they can do that, I don't know if they can, but <laughs> be really cool. Like make them like like look like the old Galoob WCW figures. That'd be pretty cool. Don't know. Just mm, just don't don't it out there. Um and yeah that's that's pretty much all I got. Oh, I got one more thing. I saw this on Engadget yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Mall Madness electronic board game is getting revamped and updated for 2020. It will come out in the fall. Uh, Hasbro, I'm sure we'll see this this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's bringing Mall Madness back for old fans and everyone in missing local malls that become a casualty of the retail apocalypse. The company has given the electronic shopping thing board game a makeover for 2020, 16 years after the last version came out. Apparently there was a version in 2004. According to the bustle, the 2020 version will feature a 3D game board that will allow players to choose a personality and play as Gwen, a, a Gwen, a Sage, an Avery, or a Dax. So there's two male and two female. Ah, I'm oh, sorry, hi Olive. I'll just step in my lap and scared me. Oh, hi Olive. Hi Olive. Hey sweetheart. Um, it'll have updated storefronts and its core gameplay remains the same though it's still an electronic unit that directs players to make their next move tells them where sales are and will make the effects like cha-ching no word on whether the sad trombone plays when somebody runs out of the money players (laughs) still have to purchase items from their shopping list from 22 stores and uh, the game will ship for $25 available for pre-order on Amazon should we get it and play Mel Madness at work that's not a terrible idea. I have to get the conference room back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, now. Ooh, one... And uh, there's uh, indie news, too. It's confirmed. Oh, Indian Begins Jones. Shooting. Uh, yeah. And uh, Shia LaBeouf is out. Who's going to play his son? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they really care. Uh, uh, somehow it's, it's supposed to play. continue the continuity of the films. But he's not there. Is Chris so, so I think it might be they, like uh, he uh, Indy gets a phone call. Like, re- oh, hi, LaBeouf. The retcon yeah, came out right. now. Yeah, it was good. Good hearing from you. Yeah, cats in the cradle and all. Yep. And uh, all right, I got to go on uh, an adventure now. Everything else mattered. I feel like yeah. they should treat it like James Bond or Batman and just have a new actor playing Indiana Jones. Chris, <clears throat> Chris no, that's the one place where we disagree. I think Chris Pratt should play him. Uh, I I can I can see that, but it, it, I just I'm sorry. It's my I'll let my hypocrisy stand there. He's gonna break a hip. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I'm they can make another make the exact same kind of movie adventure movie, but it the guy can have it can be. Hold on, I uh, wanna, you know you keep talking about Indiana Jones. I want to check something really quick. 
I want to check. You can you can call it Cleveland Smith, and it's this different guy, you know, but doing the same shit. They were buddies back in the day. Okay, and aha, hold on, just checking mm -hmm. one thing, and then checking this guy. Um, uh, I'm getting snuzzles from Olive. She's really okay. So in 1989, mm -hmm. when Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out, mm -hmm. Sean Connery was 60 years old. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Uh, and currently, Harrison Ford How is 77. <laughs> wow. So, he's 12 years younger than... Uh, Sean Connery. So Sean Connery would have been 12 when he had him. But, um, so it's going to be like Indiana Jones and the broken hip or Indiana Jones and the enlarged prostate. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's getting a sponge bath in this one. Well, maybe he is. Um, but it's supposed to continue the continuity, wrap some things up, and open up a new chapter. Kind of like they tried to do the last time, but <clears throat> uh, to not such great fanfare. Even though it's considered, they like, oh, well, it is the highest grossing, grossing Indiana Jones movie of all time. Like, yeah, that's because movie tickets cost five times as much as they used to. Well, no, a lot of people you were excited. You use that much. People wanted to see it. Oh, do you hear yeah, her all into the and microphone? Then when, after they saw it, they go, what the fuck? Hold on. Go do that again. Look, it had its moments, but the vine thing was really just the seed. The no, the aliens. The aliens was the worst. Yeah, it was bad. Like, there's no look. I um, it didn't fit with that world. Like the religion thing worked for it. Like the spiritualism and mysticism worked. The aliens kind of felt like they're going a whole new direction. I think if you want, Indiana Jones movies, just look. Go see the. Uh, Jumanji movies, they're great. Mm -hmm. The Rock, he could be Indiana Jones. Like, why can't you just recast him like James Bond? Is, that's... No, I don't want him to. That's it. The Rock would be a great Indiana Jones. He would be a great adventure guy with a hat and a whip. Indiana Jones. No. So they can recast yep. Batman, but they can't recast Indiana Jones. Yes. Spider-Man, but not Indiana yep. Jones. Yep. Well, you're just being a stubborn Sally. Yeah. No, I admit to that. I admit to that. There's no logical reasoning behind it. Um, what about, like, fucking Michael B. Jordan would be a great Indiana Jones? No, he could be a great adventure guy with a hat and a whip. I'm trying to think of other people who'd make a great Indiana Jones. Other people would make great Indiana Joneses, but I don't want to see him play it. They can play who they can. They can. He can have a whole team of buddies. It can be just like the Punisher when there was like fifty, like a hundred Punishers running around town. Uh, what about what's his name from Silicon Valley? He's all Jack now. He'd be good. Um, uh, Camille, Camille, not not Najinina, Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. That would work. Because, you know, after all the other names you threw at me, this time I'm just going to, you know, cave. 
I'm just throwing my opinions that, out that, there. That's right. No, your opinion's fine. Just let me bathe in my hypocrisy. I just think, um, yeah, Mike, Michael B. Jordan, I could watch do anything. Well, why don't they? Why didn't they just cat recast fucking for Princess Leia then? I think they probably should have. Good God. All right, fair enough. That was awful. Um, <laughs> all right, fair enough. And same with fucking Martin Scorsese, man. You should have cast different actors because that, that de-aging stuff was awful. Yeah, I'm what tired gonna, of technology. Are they going to de-age fucking Grandpa Jones down to an age where he doesn't look like he's on the verge of death? Maybe. I don't know. I just really feel like unless he's there to introduce and like tell a story when he was younger and all of a sudden someone younger is playing him. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, River Phoenix was Indiana Jones as well. Sure. In the Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. But I... uh, no, sir. I don't like it. Um, we'll see if Spielberg can handle it either. Yeah, you, you convinced me that he hasn't made a... Yeah. And they're releasing it on my birthday next year, July 9, 2021. What a birthday yeah. present. He's going to be almost 80 by the time this movie comes out. Well, 80 is the new... Uh, 75. Um. Still looks better than I do. <laughs> Stop. You're very handsome. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No. I got a Sean monster. I got a Sean Connery in this. Andy, go get your walker. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get 70. on the plane without it. Yeah. Andy. Don't forget yeah, your prune juice. You won't be able like to a make. Doddering, doddering old man in that one, and now Indy's gonna be. Stop stepping over me while I'm making good Sean Connery jokes. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> don't forget your suppositories. <laughs> I don't want you getting stopped up in the African desert. Wait, so that means he's what seventy? So this is thirty years. Is it 30 years? Holy shit. Yeah. Make, make sure your copper knee brace fits under your khakis. <laughs> so that means if, if they keep it with the timeline, that's 30 years after uh, Last Crusade, right? Last Crusade was 31 years ago, yes. 31 years ago. So let's say, let's say uh, it was towards the end of the war. So let's say, or no, they were in Africa. So. It was middle. It was around. The, it was probably like forty-two. I want to say so forty-two, forty-three. Yeah. So th this would take place in the nineteen seventies. Indy, mm. stop listening to that disco music. You'll break your other hip. <laughs> no. But yeah. <laughs> we're gonna find the son of Sham. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out. That means you could technically still have Sean Connery in it too. How old is Sean Connery? Eighty-nine. All right, he can be in it. Why not? Uh, so it looks like 1938. That's when it was. 
1986. Oh, it's the Summer of Love. Yeah, the fucking Summer of Sam. We're going to find Berkowitz. Get a confession out of him. We're fighting the Russians in the Cold War now, Wendy. Oh, no, they did that last time around. Remember, there was really, really, there was like no depth of field. And you can read a road sign from a mile away. Mm, yeah. That's because oh, computers made the movie. That was <laughs> distressing. Andy, did you have one of those computer phones in your pocket? Oh, wait, we're in 1969. Huh, what can I say? I need more old people jokes. Andy, don't forget to pick me up. We're going to walk the mall in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Did old people, were, when people were old, did they walk the mall back in the 60s? I don't, I don't no, know. No, I think they went out, like, in the neighborhood because it was still safe. They weren't well, scared yet. It wasn't safe with Berkowitz on the loose. They didn't know it was Berkowitz. It wasn't safe with the son of Sam on the loose. There you go. Oh. Oh. We're... Mr. Jones, are you aware of something that we don't know? Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, I've never shot a woman in the car, ever. How do you know that's what the killings are? <laughs> I was trying to find Indy's mother. <laughs> I think we just wrote our next screenplay. Yeah, well, yeah. Spielberg, pay attention, all right? You're getting gems here, nuggets of gold flying hey, They're all. talking about expanding on the universe and, and stretching it out. Yeah. Why not make uh, Indiana Jones' dad a serial killer? <laughs> I'm 89 years old. I kill with a cane with one a tennis ball on the bottom of it. <laughs> I'm the one cane. Hurry canes. I'm the cane beater. <laughs> You look like Yoda when he's hitting R2. I shrank a little bit since the last movie. <laughs> uh, whatever hot babe they find for the movies carrying uh, both of them on her back in a backpack. <laughs> it's a nurse. <laughs> it's a nurse. Change my colostomy bag. <laughs> I made in my pants. <laughs> I keep doing this all night. <laughs> Hey, Dad, I passed the prune juice. It's my uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, okay. I got you. He's too much Vader in him. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That was... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> he still doesn't know what a Force Ghost is. I love it. What's a force? Either he, I like some people are thinking he's been trolling this whole time. He really does not give a flying shit about Star Wars. <laughs> no. Paycheck. Yep. Uh, they're gonna make toys, and uh, I'm gonna get a piece of them. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting any of that Indiana Jones toy money. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that Kenner tiny guys. They really didn't make any money. Those didn't sell well at all. I don't know. I think they should bring back the two. It, it could be like a reboot of Grumpy Old Men <laughs> with Indiana Jones and Rees. Uh, what's his name? This is a guy in the first movie. John Rees Davies. John Rees Davies? Yeah. yeah. 
Except he's probably the size of Gimli now, so. <laughs> Uh, I make jokes, but I just... It's not even like, oh, I hope I'm not well when I'm not... No, I just hope I'm alive at that age. <laughs> All right, well, I was we were going to start kind of early instead of rambling on forever, but... You yeah, it's entirely unintentional. You had to bring up Indiana Jones and get me All going, right. so you should apologize to the listeners for what I just did. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Two weeks in a row, I get to apologize. That's right. You ah. should. So back in September, Squeezer, I made a list that would take us through mid-September all the way to the end of April with shows. And I had this show scheduled from back in September as the Everything Sega show. I scheduled mm-hmm. it for the show after Valentine's Day. I think I knew that Sonic was coming out on Valentine's Day. I guarantee you I didn't think of it and had any correlation. This is just no. happenstance. That That's way too much credit. What? That that you would put that much like planning and logistics. No, yeah, I didn't though. I really didn't. No, I no. was just like, yeah, oh, I we know. could do a Sega show and it could go here. <laughs> it yeah. just so happens to be the weekend that the Sonic movie came out and set records. Now you could have just lied. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what we but do. You here. didn't. You're an honest boy. We tell the truth on the Radius podcast. We owe our fans the truth. And we are talking yeah. everything Sega. There will be a little Sonic talk, but it's mostly just overall Sega talk. And I, I believe I'm going first this week, because you went first last week. Yes. Um, so here is my first pick. This was something that came into my household in a few iterations before we got one that worked. Welcome to the newest thing on television, Sega Channel. It's available now, and your cable company has it. It's the first interactive network providing video games on demand 24 hours a day. With Sega Channel, you play what you want, when you want, for as long as you want, for one low monthly price. Hi, I'm Eric Hastings, here to show you how to stop just watching TV and start playing it on Sega Channel. Now, you've heard about interactive TV before. Well, this, this is the real thing. Sega Channel gives you video games on demand up to 50 different games a month. You'll be playing great games all right at your fingertip. There's no way I could play all these games if it wasn't for Sega Channel. I think it's very economical, and it keeps my kids at home. There are more games than I've ever seen on Sega Channel. Test Drive. You'll be playing video games that have just been released or soon to be released. These games are so new, it's like looking into the This is an infomercial cable companies ran to promote... Their P- their subscribers to buy the Sega Channel. You couldn't go to a store and buy this. You had to subscribe to this through your cable company. And my dad, uh, being a cable engineer, had one as a test unit. The first one, if you see most of them, Squeezer, mm-hmm. they look like a mini 32X that say Scientific Atlanta on them. Oh. Is that the, like the modem company or whatever? Yeah, their modem company uh, at the time. So that was the first one we had. It didn't work. And eventually he brought home one that looked like, like a giant cartridge that like went upwards. And it was made by General Instrument. And that one did work. Um, so you log on and there's a little Sega guy and it says Sega Channel. And the A button, you, with the A button you can change the color of the guy, the B, the Sega, the C, the channel, and change the color. And then with D-pad you control the star field behind it. So while you're, you're sitting there waiting, like you... It gives you something to do. Uh, that is what 
kept most of my time. That was how my first memories of Sega Channel were born because this thing never fucking worked. Then we finally got it to work, and not every game worked. So there was the test drive section with this guy I was talking about that lets you test drive new and like up and coming games, but you only got to play a portion of them when it worked. So you'd go on, you pick a game, and then you wait to it to load and have a loading screen, and it'd give you like a little blurb of information about the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like almost like like the write ups in like a EGM or something like that. Sure. Uh, and again, this was like revolutionary. Or like, or like the back of the box. Right. Yeah. It was kind of revolutionary at the time because um, no one ever has done this before. It's been attempted, but uh, it was never done before. Um, and it was only possible once they figured out how to do, use cable modem. So like if, if the first ever cable modem we had was about the size of like half a VCR, it's made by Zenith. It was a giant brick. So once they figured out how to push this data through RF, they realized they could do um, the Sega channel. And um, it was pretty much uh, offered across the globe, but it was only really like caught on kind of in North America. Uh, you pay the monthly subscription, but you're given unlimited access to whatever games were on there. <clears throat> and... Um, uh, they like it would like r- rotate every like couple weeks or every couple months, and uh, some games were even Sega Channel exclusives. <laughs> They're all garbage. Uh, I just remember playing a few handful of games on there. Like I know Earthworm Jim was always one that loaded well. Comic Zone. I always tried to get the Mortal Kombat games to load, <coughs> and they never load properly. I don't know why. Um. I read so would that. you have to basically download and install them each time? Yeah. So and what it would you would have to delete it, or would it just kind of delete clear itself? Or so this is what I read. Due to the nature of how the Sega Channel service operated, it is extremely difficult to document. Downloaded games would be erased upon turning off the console, and adequate methods of saving and recording Sega Channel content were not regularly available. As such, large part of this large parts of this service to this day remain a mystery cannot be emulated like standard Mega Drive cartridges uh, because the service is just is dead. Basically, um, there was a game server and what's called a QPSK modulator, which turned that games the games into satellite data for, at 14 gigahertz. So that mm-hmm. would uplink to a satellite like above the Earth, Galaxy mm-hmm. 7, and then above the Earth. In the atmosphere, above the Earth's atmosphere. Okay, but okay, I wasn't uh, versus below. Sorry, I'm being a dick. Above the Earth's atmosphere is what I meant to say, which is I, yep. the proper terminology. Sure. So it downloaded at 11 uh, gigahertz at your uh, like antenna site, your main hub for the cable system. You'd have a GP, a QPSK receiver and modulators that would loop into subscribers with your control system controlling who's subscribed or not. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's almost like pay-per-view. Or on this the, sounds like a lot of demand. technology for a service that a lot of people aren't going to pay money for. Right. Um, so the test drives were limited play of upcoming newly released titles, 
and they were a, a time limit varied according to which games. Action games could be offered 20 minutes of play, while more in-depth games such as RGBs could be offered 30 minutes. And then the, um, once you time limit was reached, the adapter would cut out. <laughs> uh, the Express games were additional options uh, for 295. Upcoming and newly released titles were available to rent for 48 hours. So on top of your games, you had to pay to rent these games. They're generally games that appeared as test drives previous month, as while other retail titles will not appear for 90 days after. It was like kind of how the rental system goes in movies nowadays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um... So the Sega channel was primarily envisioned for North American audiences because uh, cable adoption was huge in uh, North America. It was announced on April 1993. We got it in October of 1993. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, we got it in uh, October 1994. Uh, they didn't get it running till early 1994. And... Um, yeah, it it was kind of cool. You'd sit there and you play. I like I played this game theme park. It was like a theme park simulator on there the most because mm-hmm. you know I don't know. I just I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think people when they when they get it would have to pay a twenty five dollar activation fee and then twelve ninety five a month uh, for the games. But um, I mean it's ambitious yeah now it's it's the standard yeah uh but uh yeah that was pretty cool uh sega channel we actually had it i had it uh i was one of the first we were one of the first families ever to have it we were a test family and um yeah you could actually go and look at the different models the scientific um atlanta one which looks like a smaller 32x and then the model sgt 3000 which was the general instrument model which is the one we got finally that worked how long did you have it for uh i I would say a year we had it but we didn't play it for long it just was such it it was so spotty and and when it worked Mm. it did and just by the time you like you wanted to play a game you had to install it yeah, like it was to download and stuff. Like, was there a lot a long lag time there? With yeah, by the time you picked the game, if it worked, like you'd sit there and wait, and then it would load, and then you'd play it. But if it, the game sucked, you'd have to go do it again. Uh, so like, I stuck to like the ones I knew, like a theme park and like Earthworm Jim mm-hmm. and um, Vector Man, and uh, I think uh, Earthworm uh, uh, Comic Zone. I played a lot. But there's another game I played a lot on there that I fell in love with, but it's one of my picks. I'll talk about it later, but first, let's go to your first pick, Squeezer. I'm the new TurboTouch 360 controller from Triax. I'm the ordinary video game controller. I have action buttons and multifunction turbo. So do I. I have a touch sensor for effortless movement in all directions. I have a rocker switch with up and down, left and right movement. I can easily move diagonally and in a circle. That's tough for me. I can move objects on the screen as fast as I can move my finger. You can? I'm guaranteed for longer play and higher levels. I'm not. Order direct and get a free button. Call 1-800-858-7429. You get a free button? A free button? (laughs) What was the free button? 
<clears throat> I, I don't know. I always, I, I always thought that it was like an extra button on the controller, but they might have just sent you like a button. Oh, like a like a, a pin button. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I never got an answer for that. Hmm. I was like, wait, so there's two controllers they're gonna sell me, but if I don't do it right now, they're gonna sell me the shitty one. Yes. Yeah. Well, either way, they're selling you the shitty one. These, uh, I'll touch on a couple of these controllers, but the TurboTouch 360, uh, the one that has a commercial for it, because outside of Mad Cats, there wasn't a lot of advertising for third-party Genesis controllers, um, but the TurboTouch was a big one. Uh, it didn't last long, though, because it was literally a touchpad for the thumb pad, mm. and it was really sensitive. So, like, any little brush or bump or dust, and uh, it was, like, it would send your guy off, in, you know, to his death. Um, also, they, they brag that because of that, you can control it 360 all the way around. <clears throat> Problem is, most of your Genesis games, pretty much all of them, only have eight points of direction. Mm-hmm. So, you, it, you don't need it. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like having like a gig's worth of internet that you don't need. Mm. Um, and you got your uh, traditional turbo buttons on it, of course. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm still recovering, folks. But like the, uh, they had to have some kind of gimmick. So you know, you had your basic Genesis controller, you had three, three buttons. You had your A, your B, and your C. And then they're like, well, let's hype it up a little bit. So they give you um, the uh, oh, what the hell was it? The fire one. God damn it! I had it written down. Where there's so many I'm looking at right now, it's actually hurting my eyes. Um, but then so they gave you turbo buttons. Then they gave you six buttons, and then all these other little uh third-party distributors came out. You had Mad Cats. You had Honey Bee. Um, me, personally, I was a big fan of the um, SG Pro Pads. Okay. They felt fancy. You felt you felt like a pro, you know, with one of those. And me, in particular, <clears throat> I got this one. I picked this one up at a yard sale or, like, a flea market after the fact because um, my mom was like, you got a controller. You don't need this fancy one. Um, no one's ever going to be a professional video gamer, so why do you need a pro pad? Well, but if you have, have you heard about the pro pad six yet? What? It's a totally serious weapon for the Sega Genesis. The SG pro pad six, it combines a perfect six button arcade layout with turbo auto fire, programmable fire button, slow motion, an extra long cord and smooth ergonomic, uh, feel. If you're serious about winning, the SD Pro Pad is definitely uh, your best choice. Oh, well, that's good to know, Squeezer. Yeah, just, you know, read that off the top of my head. Uh, that was out of a uh, Christmas catalog. Um, oh, what, ad, what, what ad was that? Holiday? Hang on, I'm finding. Oh, it was the EGM. Uh, no, this was an EGM. Holiday's Buyer Guide Video Game Accessories. Oh, yeah, I think it was like the uh, uh, all-video-game Christmas catalog kind of thing they were hawking at. Um, 
And there was so you had ones you had ones with like little screens and stuff. Those were kind of pricey, kind of like you would see in like a Dreamcast down the line. Then you had ones where they added just a bunch of color to it, so it kind of looked more like a Super Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these were just they, these flooded the market. It was kind of confusing, and you never really knew how they worked or why you needed all of them. Uh, you know, turbo settings do have their advantages where you can just kind of hold the button. And you, if you have a game where it's like, oh, one shot and you fire, you know, you turn your turbo on and you basically have a machine gun. Um, ho, ho, ho. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get your slow-mo button, you get little extra bumpers on top. And there are plenty of games. Oh, I know where the turbos came in. Great. Jungle um, Strike and I, Desert I, Strike. Those helicopter games. I was going to say, and, uh, and when you're using Game Genie uh, for uh, multi-jump and Mario Brothers 3... You use turbo and you just fly through the whole up the whole level. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It was just you. It 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 really it does. It's more. You should be able to write this off as a medical need because it would save your thumbs, uh, years and years of arthritis. Uh, and they just have some cool designs too. If you get a chance, just go on and Google uh, Sega SegaRetro.org is a cool site. And if you go to their uh, the controllers. They have them all laid out there. And some of the designs are actually pretty cool. Um, others are just kind of spinoffs of the original Genesis controller, which in my mind is pretty damn good for what it is. It was nice, simple, and clean. It was a little big as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is so much better than the old NES controller. You know the old NES controller does have a, still a warm place in my heart, but having something that you can actually hold is a plus. Um, yeah, and they're just fun to look at. And then that, then they also start adding the clear, uh, shells like they did with like the Game Boys and stuff. Cause you know, you got to see your parts, you know, you got to see your wires and all your little buttons that you don't know what they do. Translucent. Yes. It, it was, it, it was big. And then, it, um, Bondi blue happened with Steve jobs and it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> It exploded onto the scene, some would say. Everything was translucent something. Mm-hmm. All right, Squeezer, give that voice a rest. And Thanks. Let's talk my next pick. I got a lot to talk about on this one. Are those video games in your pocket? Because if they are, they go in the box. New Pocket Arcade from Sega. The only handheld games with flip-out screens. So they're here, they're gone, and they're back. Amazing Sonic with five games, 12 levels each. This game is serious. Eternal Champions with 30 fighting moves. Sega Sports and more. Sega! Pocket Arcade. Anything else belongs in the box. <laughs> Anything else mm-hmm. belongs in the box. I wanted these so bad because I liked the idea of like a flip-out. It was like futuristic to me. These things were... Garbage Tiger electronic arcade games. <laughs> so Just the f- good the f- packaging. Yeah, they had Sega branding and they looked cool. Um, the first series would look the coolest. Then the next series, the Blue series, they were all exactly the same, just different games. But the the first Red series, they're all different form factors. Uh, there was Amazing Sonic. Um, of course, it was a Tiger game, and it was uh, it had the pop up lid that you had to like lift up to play the game. It had this shitty LCD, 
and it was hard. The di directional pad was two buttons for up and down, left and right. So it, it like split between the action buttons. So it was it was left and right, action button, up and down. So it was hard as fuck to navigate Sonic through these fucking mazes. The back of the box says, Sonic and Robotnik are at it again. The diabolical Dr. Robotnik has created a robot factory, and it's up to Sonic to stop the metal mutants. Sonic works his way through maze-like rooms in an attempt to remove the Chaos Emeralds, the factory's only power source. Team up with Sonic through 12 levels of fast and furious action as he tries to put Dr. Robotnik out for business for good. Um, and it Wait, so there's no left and right button? No, there's a left and right, there's an action button, and there's an up and oh. down. It's the D-pad split between oh, two different got buttons. You. Oh, I, yeah, I got you. Uh, then um, there was baseball, which had like a cool like flip-out screen, like the screen like flipped out from below. Ooh. Uh, and it was Dion Sanders. I think there was a Dion Sanders version here in the U.S., which is the same game. It just had Dion on the cover. Mm. Um, it did, was. Did, the, did it look like him in game? Yes, yes, it did. Okay. Uh, so it had like three buttons and then like a hinge where you could flip the screen out, pivot it out. Uh, so you played nine innings of big league baseball excitement, four skill levels of offense and defense, and turbo power for pitching fastballs and stealing bases. Yeah, it was a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, the back said, whether you're in the batter's box or on a pitcher's mound, you'll experience all the fun of playing in the big leagues with Sega Sports Baseball. Uh, then there's a picture. It says, you play offense. Step up to the plate and hit one out of the park. And then go further home and slide, and you're safe. And defense. Uh, then you're the pitch. And it's just garbage Tiger games, which are garbage. And we're going to get more on that in a second. Then there was a game called Bug. Uh, it was a Sega game, and this was the, a, a Sega um, Saturn game. And this was like the form factor that they all adapted. Uh, it just had like a, f uh, the screen was covered by a flip that when you hit the side button, it flipped up to show the screen. There was like the four separate D-pad button, um, but at least they're all in the D directional area. And then two action buttons on the side. It says, get, rid of, get ready for an adventure antics of Bug. Help Bug rescue his fellow insects from Queen Cadavra, who wants to feast on these little fellas. Uh, then there was Echo the Dolphin, um, which also had the flip-up form factor, and it also had the split um, D-pad. Well, so it, and, you know, that's going to be great because that game is known for its beautiful graphics. That's the big selling point. Right. I had this one. How did it play? Horrible. Couldn't figure it out, <laughs> and I threw it away. Uh, guide Echo through a beautiful yet dangerous undersea world as he searches for his missing family. Seven different seas for Echo to explore. Turbo Power helps Echo make quick escapes. Um, and this was another one with the, the original the, uh, red one had the D-pad split with the action button in the middle. And then they released another one with the typical form factor with the D-pad buttons and then the two action buttons. Um, it's a blue series. Then there was Eternal Champions Special Moves Edition. That was another... Great game. Great game. That was another hinge game with the three buttons below it mm -hmm. uh, 10 of history's greatest fighters each with special fighting moves 30 different fighting combina combinations including one-on-one -on -one team fighting turbo power with lightning fast moves no one could ever figure out how to play any of these games well, that's the thing i'm a big fan of eternal champions i i had it i played it a lot um 
it was enjoyable because everyone did have a much different feel to themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how how did would that translate into um, basically calculator graphics? Yeah, it didn't. That's what happened. It didn't. Mm. It's just like any of those games. Uh, then there was a football game, which uh, had the split D-pad and was just garbage. Then there was Sonic Blast. Then the blue ones had Bug, Echo the Dolphin, Indy 500, Sega Race Ray, Panzer's Dragon, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Streets of Rage. Yes, they did Streets of Rage. And it was it was a direct copy of the Tiger handheld version of Streets of Rage, just in the pocket arcade form factor. Super Monaco GP, Virtual Cop. Yes, there was a Virtual Cop. It was based on the Virtual Cop <coughs> um, Laser Series game. They just took the cool, which didn't work. So the, the Virtual Cop Tiger LCD game had a little gun you pulled out that used IR that you would shoot the IR uh, uh, indicator on the laser game and you would shoot the bad guys. But this didn't have it. Mm. And I don't know if that laser game gun ever worked, but you could look it up. Just It's the uh, Tiger Laser Games <clears throat> IR Firepower Virtual Cop. Um, uh, then the pocket one, they just took the game and, and put made the shooting action into uh, directional action. And then there was a virtual fighter, uh, which was a Tiger Electronics model that they just shrank into this handheld pocket shit. We sold these at KB. They were slashed down, and they had the buy your Panasonic Aqualine batteries with them, stickers <laughs> all over them. How much did they go for? I think like eight bucks. Uh, how much was a, a shitty Game Boy game at the time? Like eight bucks. Yeah, so you're better off just buying a shitty Game Boy game. So here's the worst news out of all this. Hasbro's relaunching classic Tiger Electric gaming handhelds. And we're probably going to see them hmm. at Toy Fair. They're releasing well, the X-Men Project X, The mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, Transformers, and Sonic 3. All right, now, look. So I'm all for the nostalgia and bringing that back, and it'd be cool for a second to have it, play with it, and then toss it away. But in this device I'm holding in my hand right now that I can <clears throat> basically check mail look up anything that's ever existed ever, talk to someone on the other side of the globe, and if I want to play a game, I push a button, my PlayStation boots up, links to my phone, and I can basically play my PlayStation with very minimal lag from my phone. Really? Yeah. I tested it out. I can. I was playing Red Dead online. Uh, with And with the Bluetooth, I can even sync up my Bluetooth controller to it. Wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, You could play the X-Men arcade game on your phone. I don't, I don't know if they even updated it. It's, it's too outdated, I think, for modern phones anymore. But at one point, you could. But why would you go buy this shitty... It's the same thing like like 20 years ago. They re-released that 1970s Mattel football electronic game. It was just a gimmick. It was, it was a gimmick. It was something you buy for someone to have a piece of crap. <clears throat> And that's all these are. So when we see them up there, we'll ask Hasbro why they're bringing this crap back. And because well, someone, everyone's looking for stocking stuffers. Yeah, exactly. So I'll probably get one next year. 
Uh, the I'll Little Mermaid, one. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll get all four. Oh, one. I, I, you're just going to have them scattered across your desk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is Sega Pocket Arcade, my second pick. Squeezer, here is your second pick. Now, when you buy the Sega Genesis that comes with Sonic 1, you'll get Sonic 2 absolutely free. Sonic 2 handles stubborn stains, embarrassing bald spots, no problem. It even slices and dices, makes thousands of julienne fries. But wait, you can play it too. This free Sonic 2 is a $54.99 value. You get two Sonics for the price of one. Sonic 2 fits easily into any tackle box. Made from a space-age polymer plastic for years of family fun. And pets love it too. Buy the Sega Genesis that comes with Sonic 1 and get Sonic 2 free. Act now. Wiener Dog Sweater sold separately. <laughs> they know how to advertise. This was Tom Kalinske. Kal yeah. Uh, from... Uh, uh, we had him on the show. If you if you read the book Console Wars by Blake J. Harris, uh, if you if you listen back to two seasons ago, I guess if you define our show by seasons, uh, it might be three now. Maybe Blake J. Harris did a, a book about um, the console wars between Nintendo and Sega, and he actually wrote about this commercial. And uh, he wrote about how. Uh, Tom uh, Kaczynski was the genius who made no all this happen. Mm -hmm. What Sonic would have looked like if it wasn't for Tom Kalinski is probably would have been a disaster. Yeah. Um, he brought that, that, that attitude kind of across the board, and it worked for the character. You, you could have just shown footage of the game like everyone else was doing. But, you know, you stand out when you make something that's entertaining and it grabs your attention. You don't need to see – you see footage of the game, sure. But, you know, when you're comparing that with all the other games out there – and at the time, though, Sonic 2 looked pretty damn amazing. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of sense of humor and some entertainment to go with it than just being like, hey, these are some amazing graphics. I'm enjoying this game. Look at how much fun we are having. Right. So, yeah. Well, this game pulls at my heartstrings. All right, so I I, I, so I absolutely adore Sonic 2. I got it when I got my Genesis. and um, So much time into this game. And, you know, you, you find all the little cheats in the loophole. So you get, you know, Super Sonic uh, super early. Um, you got, like, it was that first real sense of, like, 3D... Um, with when the you're bonus in levels like, in the bonus levels going down the pipe, yeah, like even though it's not 3D, but it, it is like it, it's it's not a true 3D environment, it's a forced perspective, but so is forced perspective tricks the eye into thinking it's 3D. Um, <clears throat> and it's great, it, it's, technically, it's, that all 3D games are exactly that, though. That's uh, fair enough, touche. But in, in this sense, it really felt like you were moving through the environment. And it was just in a, a different kind of feeling. And you felt the game was fast. Like, compared to... And it was the it really was a fast game. You felt it. And um, and sometimes you died in the process. Uh, all the levels... Yeah, it was fucking was, hard. Yeah, it was hard. And I mean, I don't, I'm not to toot my horn. The thing is, I put so many hours in it, I would beat the shit out of this game. Just because I would put that many hours into it. Not me. Um, 
the, the un, what's great though too is the variety. The levels are so different. Um, the enemies are so different. Everything there's <clears throat> little rehash across the board. You start in the Emerald Hill Zone, uh, and it's almost like is it natural like or like not natural like default every video game you start and just like rolling green hills. Uh, I'm sure there had there was some. Um poetic licensing from a certain Italian plumber when they were building yeah. that. Then you go to the chemical plant and the aquatic ruins, which sucked because you drown. The chemical plant always killed me because I always get caught under the things. and. Oh, yeah. Get smushed. Yeah. Uh, then the casino night zone where you would die because the timer would run out. Yeah, that, that zone's Because you'd shit. spend hours and hours in there just playing around in the, in the pinball machine, the the pinball slot machine kind of thing. Uh, then you got your hilltop zone. I kind of died there pretty often. <clears throat> Mystic Cave, that kind of sucked because if you had a lot of rings and you fell down one of the pits and now you're sitting in a spike pit and you like when you get hit, your rings go flying everywhere. <clears throat> but as they fly everywhere, you collect a few back again. And you just kind of have to put so your controller a, down and sit there and watch while you slowly basically gaining and, the death yeah, rings. Right, yeah. You're just bleeding out rings. Uh, then you got uh, uh, the Hidden Palace. Uh, the Oil Ocean. That one was pretty cool. Um, I like that one. It kind of felt like a Mega Man feel to it. Um, with like pastel metallic pipe kind of thing. Um uh, the Metropolis Zone, uh, and then um, my favorite part of the game, once it builds, you get into the Sky Chase. And then the last one, the Sky Chase, you now you're teamed up with Tails and Sonic's riding on a biplane through the sky. Then you get on the Wing Fortress, and you're fighting your way across there. And then you get back on the biplane, and that's blowing up. And then it, it, at this point, it gets really epic. And it's almost like you're playing through, like, where they would have FMV sequences now, or, you know, not now, but back then, or, well, still now. But, like, they would just animate it with Sonic. So, it, this at this point, it kind of took off and became a little movie in itself. And then my favorite part, and <clears throat> I would always make sure I would um, get all the um, Infinity Stones. I mean... Um, Cash crystals, sorry. Uh, and get supersonic because you want to beat the game with supersonic because the ending is so much sweeter. So it explodes, and then you just see Sonic falling to his death. And then, you know, Tails, there's all these like black and white cutaway shots, and then Tails gets in his biplane, and he flies back up to try to save Sonic. But if you're supersonic, it's great because you fall, and you actually fall past him, and you start flying next to him. And then you get this cool sequence with the birds and that music that I had on the end of the commercial track is playing. And a biplane with tails and Sonic, Supersonic, is flying through. And he's just like, I am just fucking Super Saiyan badass. Oh, they clearly ripped that off, by the way, because all of a sudden he bursts into flames. He's got blonde hair and he <laughs> flies. Um, flying side by side. And then they dip down, whoosh out, and the biplane goes by. And then they, like, Sonic, and he's like this freeze frame. And it's like, Boom, and he's punching, and it's epic. And I'm not going to lie. You get a little tear every time. It's just the epicness uh, is just oh, it's so awesome. 
I have somewhere the uh, Funko Pop Supersonic. Oh, really? Oh, he's oh, a sweet little character. Yeah. You saw the movie. Do they tease it at all? Are we I didn't, get we didn't see the movie yet. I didn't see it. Oh, yet. I thought you. Oh, I, that's right. It was only like. That's right. This hasn't been like a full week. So. No. We plan on seeing the movie, but we have Well, when you see it, let me know. I knew there were a bunch of Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want any spoilers, so I'm just going to uh, wait and um, hope for the. I, I'm just excited for it. I really am. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Uh, anything more on Sonic 2? Oh, I'm out of breath and out of voice, but I mean, it really is. It's a work of art, and the music is fantastic. It's just, if you get a chance, go back and appreciate how unique every little well, okay. aspect of it is. What's better, the music in Sonic 2 or the music made by the pedophile in Sonic in Sonic 3? Uh, the music in Sonic 2. You know what I'm talking about, right? No, what? The rumor is Michael Jackson made the entire soundtrack to Sonic 3. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Jackson, Sonic 3. And the Sonic 3 music is really good. And it was in the book, Console Wars. Um, I... It's hard to here's some here's some five evidences. It says Sonic Three. We'll play along here. Oh, so I'm reading on I'm coming across this on the Wikipedia that he was working on it at the time, and when the allegations came out, they immediately dropped him. Right, but it's his music. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they tweaked it. This is Carnival Night. That was Jam. Azura Lake. Sounds like black and white. And then... Wait, how did he get away with that? Because he didn't even own that, right? Knuckles the, and, and Chot and, and, and... What's his name? What is Knuckles? Knuckles? Yeah. In, in, yeah. Enchata, Enchata, how do you say that? Uh, Enchilada. Enchilada. Hi, Schmuffin. Yeah. The E-C-H-I-D-N-A. How do you say that? And she, I know, we, I remember we looked this up last time. How do you pronounce? Are we going to get to there? Here? We go. Yep. Echidna? Echidna. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Knuckles the Echidna. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Right now, there's some zoologist listening. No, I'm kidding. But right now, uh, right now, there's someone that knows what an echidna is. And like, I don't know. Everyone always goes, and it's good music. But everyone always goes on about the Sonic Three music is the best ever. I disagree. I mean, it's good, but I'm I'm a sucker for the originals. I actually like two the best, but it might just be because I'm so partial to it, but. 
<sighs> I have an emotional attachment to it. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. I like the music and all the Sonics. Much but, like uh, my emotional attachment to Harrison Ford being my Indiana Jones. But I am more emotionally attached to the music in Mario Brothers 3 than I am any video game. And uh, probably uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. But um, it would probably be like these three. Like, oh, that'd be that's a good one. Just video game soundtracks. Well, we just kind of blew our load right there. <laughs> No, we can do plenty because I could talk about like cause Deja Vu and Landstalker. Yeah, Landstalker is a uh, Genesis game. Oh, is it? I found a way to get it in there. Ah, uh, told you I would. I would do Tapper. It hurt, it hurt my feelings not to. Wait, wait. <laughs> Landstalker goes around the O oh, Susanna. I, I said I would do Tapper. Oh. Oh, Tapper. My ears are congested, too. The game Tapper would be my favorite video game soundtrack. And Contra. I have that soundtrack on vinyl. A piece of vinyl. We kind of ripped it off in the beginning of our show, too. Since day one. Oh, yeah. Ripping off Contra. Hey, Schmoffin. It's an homage. Oh, no, Olive's here. All, all the kitties That's what are keeps here. you out of trouble. Yeah, it's an homage. Um, all right, so we move on to my next all-Sega item. Yes. Are you ready for it, Squeezer? This game starts off with all a right. warning that says, this game contains fictionalized portrayals of action and stunts, some of which are extremely dangerous. Attempting these actions and stunts may cause serious injury. Do not engage in any of his dangerous activities portrayed in this game. All right, here it is, buddy. Sweet. You were ready for it. Get it! Obviously, no commercials exist for this game because it was so obscure. I found it on um, Sega Channel. That's where I found it and fell in love with it and learned about what sketching is. It's what Marty McFly does in... in uh, oh, come here. Oh, come here, sweetheart. It's what Marty McFly does in um, Back to the Future 2 when he grabs onto the back of the car when he's on his hoverboard. Ah, he sketches on a hoverboard. Well, sketching in this game is on inline skates or rollerblades, and it's very much like um, uh, Road Rash. Did you ever play that game? Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah. So Road Rash is pretty cool, and uh, but Skitchin's better. So Skitchin, you're racing against other rollerbladers, and you're grabbing on the cars to try and like gain speed. And this is awesome. There's weapons on the ground, like. Um, uh, 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 what are they called? Uh, tire irons and um, uh, crowbars and glass bottles that you fight <laughs> the other players off with. And so, but there's also cop cars. You can't afford to um, get caught by if you get caught by the police. If you run out of health, or you can't afford to replace your worn-out skates, the game ends, and you have to make it through the different levels. Uh, uh, beating the other Skitchers and finishing in the top five 
And there's obstacles such as trash cans, uh, different erratic vehicle behavior, and of course the police cars. If you grab in a car, it could automatically, the lights go on, you're like, oh shit, I'm on a cop car. Um, you get cash from winning the races, performing tricks, defeating enemies, and successfully sketching vehicles. And that can be used to upgrade your uh, in and repair your inline skates and protective gear, <laughs> uh, which wears as the player takes damage. Uh, the game was promoted with a magazine advertisement that used the headline, Skating, Hitchin', Bitchin', Skitchin'. <laughs> Uh, Electronics Arts Associate Publicist Fiona Murphy recounted the American Slang Dictionary defines the word bitchin' as a good, excellent, and superior. Um, <laughs> she had to defend it. She had to defend it. She said the word uh, with this meaning in mind was not intended as profanity. Uh, Skitchin' is a hard, action-packed, hardcore street game, and we felt the word bitchin' in the headline reflected the attitude of the game and conveniently rhymed with skitchin'. Uh, EGM gave it a 5.8 out of 10, saying the graphics are nice and the game has a ton of options, like a nice two-player mode. But you play it once and you get the idea. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm 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 watching just like the the pre-roll of it and like in the videos on like Google. Yeah. This looks like a lot of fun. Oh, I played it for hours, hours, and it only came out for Genesis. Made by ER, EA. It was when EA was exclusively making games for the Genesis because Nintendo was like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Um, so this game was only on Genesis, and I didn't. I didn't have a Sega till we got Sega Channel. My dad brought the Genesis home with the Sega Channel. So oh. I had a Super Nintendo. So my first big foray, like my neighbor had it, and I would play games occasionally there. My first foray into a lot of Sega Genesis games was Sega Channel, including Skitchin. Skating, hitching, bitching, skitching. Like this game is perfect for like, this is this is a mobile game. Like a, this is a phone game, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, they should remake like, this. Like, they absolutely remake this. Like I I see myself. You're sitting at the DMV, and you're just playing. Like, I'm sure it's got the perfect thing for it. Like I don't know. Like, I'll let the smart people that listen figure it out. But if you're a developer, uh, and you're listening to this. Or you're a zoologist and you know a developer that's listening to this. Uh, go go remake this. I don't care. I don't need the credit. Just all you have to do is when you're done, uh, let us know that it's out so I can play it. Now, EA owns it. They're going to remake it. It's going to be one of those, what are they called? The cash, the games where you have to pay? The micro subscription? Um, micro transactions. I was going to say pay to play, but that's politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Micro transactions. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Oh yeah, if you, you new wheels for your uh, your uh, rollerblades, twenty dollars. Yes. Thank you. Twenty dollars cash for five years playing the game. Yeah. Um, Jeff, <laughs> you can get a new purple helmet with lightning bolts on the side. That will be five dollars. Do you play? Um... Actually, I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, anyway, yeah, I didn't have much to say about Skitchin other than I loved it and it was a lot of fun and I miss it. And uh, I have an emulator somewhere of it that on my little pocket thing that I have. And I got to mm -hmm. get and play it again because I love Skitchin. It is so fucking yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's just do it ourselves. Let's learn how to make video games. Let's take the week off. We'll go to video game making school. I'll make it. Sure. It'll and we'll fun. make it. Yeah, that and YouTube content coming soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll go to we'll go to video making school too and learn how to make videos. Yeah. 
In the meantime, let's hear your next pick. We go from Skitchin to... Select the casting point. We go from skitching to fishing. You are one clever son of a bitch, sir. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, fishing on a Dreamcast with the fishing controller. This remind me, as soon as I started playing this, I played, you know another game I played on Sega Channel all the time? Hmm. Bass Masters. Ooh, yeah. I didn't have the fishing control, but... No, well, that was... Uh... That was a, quite an advancement with the Dreamcast, which I feel like, I, I hope it has a brighter place in history. The Dreamcast? Like it, it, yeah. I think it already does. Does it? Is it yeah. getting better? Yeah. It, it felt like, it came out too early, it felt like. Like, people weren't ready for a new system. Yeah. I remember, and by the time I was they were ready, then, you know, Sony and Xbox, and they just fucking hammered them i was working at kb at the time and it was huge people were coming in and buying it left and right and i was playing the we had a demo model i was playing the fucking sonic game and the, the fucking football game was i mean madden eventually became it but the 2k mm -hmm. sports the madden two or nfl 2000 was with randy moss on the cover and, mm -hmm. and then nba 2000 with alan iverson on the cover they were hitting all my my uh they're tickling me all my sports bones Ah, yeah, it went. That sounded dirty. Um, yeah, my buddy down the street had it. In fact, this was one of the one of the times we would like drag the TV out on the deck and fire up the Dreamcast, uh, like we did back in the day with the '64. And he had the fishing, and it was so much fun. Um, and it, it was different. And it's one of those things. And so it comes with the fishing controller, which is it looks like. A fishing rod sands the, the rod. Uh, rod extension. It's a, it looks like it looks like a reel with the handle. Yeah, and uh, it would work with only a number of games. It would work work with a, a, a bash, bass rush dream, uh, Lake Master Pro Dreamcast Blush, House uh, of the Dead, real fishing wild. What's that? I said House of the Dead. Uh. Uh. uh no, I was, no, I was kidding. I was Soul Calibur and Virtua Tennis. Oh. Uh, sorry, Sega Bass Fishing, Sega Bass Fishing 2, and Sega Marine Fishing. And yes, Soul Calibur and Virtua Tennis, because there's a motion sensor in this. This was like the Wii's old uncle that people forgot about. Mm. Um, this was this controller was a little ahead of its time. It's time. It had motion sensors in it, so you could do the casting and shit. Uh, and then it actually even had on the side. What was it like? An accelerometer or was it Bluetooth? Like what was it? Uh, at the time, I'm assuming accelerometer. It was pretty basic at the time. Um, so just like a contact accelerometer, where they. Uh, that's my guess how it functioned. Um, and uh, then it had the actual spinner uh, control on it to reel it in, but with like uh, Soul Caliber. When you would whip it around, it would do combos and stuff. And you could just go crazy on it, hitting buttons and whipping it around, and you would just kick people's asses. Oh, wow. Yeah, and virtual tennis, well, you can use it like a... Uh, tennis you know, racket? Tennis. Tennis yeah. stick? 
Yeah, and it was almost like Wii Tennis. Uh, a little, not not as accurate, sure, but it was fun to kind of play around with. I, I mean, I'm assuming I never did that. But I did play uh, the fishing. Uh, and I, I was a big fan of it. It was fun. It was a, a lighthearted game, if you will. Uh, it didn't have huge success because at the time it was a, a very niche market. I feel like we're... Vi- and that was at the time, too. I feel like now where video games are so more ingrained and accepted as just family entertainment. But like, this would be something that would be more fitting. Like I could see a lot of people like you have a party and it's like, Oh, let's break out the fishing rod. There was and one for, do for fun. There was one for the Wii. It was a remote, a remote extension mm-hmm. fishing rod. Yeah. But this thing looked legit. Like this thing actually looks almost as good as some of my, my reels you know it's a nice solid piece of equipment it's good looking like sega did make good peripherals and they made solid looking hardware that's the thing about the dreamcast i like the look of it it just feels good it feels like a brick it's running on windows ce as its operating system it's back in yeah good good I mean, graphics are what they are for the time. I mean, they're pretty good. Um, <laughs> the audio is fun, always. The uh, guy doing commentary with you and the music and just the the silence. And then the uh, it, it really made you feel like you were watching like Bassmasters on like a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning. Uh, Bassmasters. Like... Yeah, it's a fishing show. I know Bassmasters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I see you did that. Um and you just, uh, you know, my there's second favorite absolute show. silence, and then you have a grown man just start screaming in the middle of a, a lake. World of the Psychic is my second favorite show. <laughs> See what you did. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. I need you to save me. All right. So do <laughs> I. I have to pee. So we're going to play my next clip. I'm going to let Squeezer go get some uh, honey and whatever gets your voice back. And Beer. We'll be back after this clip. The Avengers the Sonic the Hedgehog, the cool new TV show, is on the air. And check this out. It's the KB Toy Stores Watch and Win Sweepstakes. All you gotta do is watch the show and then write down the Sonic Says message. For an entry blank, go to a participating KB Toy Store or use a 3x5 card and mail it into this station. You might win some of this cool Sonic stuff. Prizes may vary. There's even a $1,000 shopping spree at KB Toy Stores. The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and KB Toy Stores Watch and Win Sweepstakes. Watch and you can win. And now back to Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Squeezer. Yes. I'm not I'm gonna tell you to put your hands up right now. You can't touch your keyboard. You can't Google any of this. Mm-hmm. Because I have a question for you and I have a question for everybody in the audience. Right. Do you know who voiced Sonic in the original Saturday morning Adventures oh. of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon? I knew this. Hold on, I'm gonna play it. See if you can guess it. Mm-hmm. Let me find a clip. Mm, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Episode one. That's a good one to start, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, pass this. Tell me what I'm ready for. Spring the trap. Where's Sonic? There he is. 
Tails and I had come to this deserted village. Where is everybody? We're hiding! And if you have any sense, you'll hide too! Hiding? What from? Hey, lady! Which way is the Bounty Hunters Convention? People aren't very friendly in this town. Guess I'll just have to find it myself. Am I gonna say something? What's a bounty hunter's convention? A party for bad guys, Tails. And I'm gonna crash it. Okay. Circle. You fucking Googled it. No, I didn't. I swear to God. I swear to God I did not. All right. You don't have to swear to God around here. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I uh, swear to whatever you got going for you. You you ruined my cheese joke. I was trying to make it. Gani cheese. <laughs> it's Jaleel White who does that the voice. Some, some karma. One of my little Fallout guys filming me. Ow. I hurt myself. What? No, I swear I didn't cheat on that. All right. If you say so. I was sitting on my hands. All right. Um, and now my hands hurt. This was uh, a, the first of a few Sonic uh, cartoons. This was a Deke production uh, in cooperation with Sega of America and some Italian animation studio. Uh, um, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, probably um, my favorite. Of the, there was a second one that was called uh, where was I just on there? Sonic the Hedgehog. And I think that also was voiced by Jaleel White. Yes. So this, this, the second one, well, the first one, let me start with the first one. This was Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, usually uh, referred to as just A-O-S-T-H by the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird Sonic nerds on the internet. I don't know if you knew, to, knew this. Um... It, it debuted in the fall of no 93. Offense. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a nerd about a lot of things. I'm a nerd about fucking Rack's restaurants. Airing during the fall of 1993, 65 episodes were produced in first-run syndication. Um, and uh, in September 24th, 1996, US, I'm sorry, November 24th, USA Network aired a Christmas special was used to promote Sonic 3D Blast. Uh, it's Julia White. As Sonic, Christopher Welch as Miles, Tails Power, Long John Baldry as Dr. Robotnik, <laughs> instead of Dr. Bean or whatever the fuck he was. Eggman? Eggman, yeah. <clears throat> Phil Hayes played Scratch. Uh, Gary Chalk played Grounder. And uh, Ian James Gorlett played Coconuts, Robotnik Jr., Rocket the Slot. There's a bunch of guys. Uh <clears throat> Uh, we're all losing our voice on today's show. Yeah. Getting flimmy with the rad years. So, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog was created by Deke Animation, and 65 were done for one season. And this was the one I was just playing for you. Um, the super... When Sonic... The the um, bounty hunters go looking for Sonic in and, and the bounty hunter town. The Christmas special is really cool. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I used to watch this, so I had this like really weird uh, television my dad got from his boss John, and it was 
<clears throat> it was a small screen. The screen was probably only maybe four or five inches squeezer. Mm-hmm. But it looked about the size of an inflated Ghostbuster trap. It was huge. It was massive. And underneath it, like, the screen lifted up, and there was, like, a micro cassette recorder in there. Oh, let me see. Uh, Sony Mini TV with micro cassette recorder. Images. I found it before when I was... Sony, I guess Sony Watchman. I'm just, I just, this just dawned on me now when I brought this up. So that's why I don't have my research where I used to watch this. It was a Sony, it was a big old Sony Watchman. The thing was huge. And you could, I think you could put batteries in it, but you could plug it in. It had like the UHF and the VHF tuner, the the red line that scrolled through and the green line. Remember those? Oh yeah, well, I I remember seeing them in the Christmas catalogs. So this thing was, and it had a big old antenna on it. And I the only channel I could really pick up was I could pick up FMZ, locally or Philly Fifty Seven, which was an independent at the time. Uh, and they would play Sonic the Hedgehog. And when I get home from school, I'd, I'd take this and I'd like make little forts with it around the house in areas I knew I could pick it up. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd even though you knew you could watch Sonic the Hedgehog on that channel because it was broadcast. No, it wasn't picked up on our cable at the time. Oh, it wasn't picked up on our cable for a few to a few year a year or two after that. Mm. So the only time I could watch usually it was it was played. Ah, oh, here it is. Found it. Ha. Nice. So here I'll send you a picture. Rad years paying off. Um, I'll send you a picture of this behemoth right now. It's the Sony KV-4100 for you people wanting to watch at home micro TV sets. I don't know why it had a micro cassette recorder underneath it. See this bastard? Oh, sweet! Yeah. It looks like it bites. <laughs> it does. And, um, yeah, this, so this thing would pick up. I'm trying to find that information on it. Uh, uh is, there's nothing, ah, that, that sharp logo just always makes me smile. Yeah, so the Sony KV, Sony KV 4100 micro TV set. Oh, yeah, there it is in all its glory. <clears throat> Vintage 1980 Sony Trinitron, Trinitron KV4100. Micro cassette recorder from... Yeah, so it had a micro cassette recorder. Oh, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I never knew what the point so of that. So you could record broadcasts on it? Not probably... Obviously not video. <clears throat> oh, true. Yeah, and then... And what? Maybe the audio off of it? So it's from 1982. It was a color. It was color. And it was a receiver oh. micro cassette quarter for. So you could manually tune the side and had the scan buttons for UHF and VHF. 
something kids probably have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, four color TV, AM, FM stereo, even a micro cassette recorder with external recording and internal microphone. Comes with detachable rear AC adapter. Yeah, this thing probably cost a fortune when it first came out. So it was like 10 years after the fact. He gave it to my dad. And I would watch. I would take this around the house and build little um, forts with it and uh, watch Sonic on Philly 57 over the airwaves. Uh, and it was like my favorite thing. I was really into the show. I'd, I'd watch it every day after school. Because uh, we had this like babysitter who was kind of my brother's age, so she wasn't really my brother's babysitter, but she'd basically come down and like watch my sister dress up as a princess and comb mm -hmm. her Barbie doll hair with her. So I was mm -hmm. kind of free to and do whatever. And make sure you guys didn't set anything on. Yeah, and and been, like get us snacks and stuff. And I so, and it was my friend Matt's sister. So he he when he was doing homework, I'd be uh, down watching Sonic, and then he'd come and we'd go out and set stuff on fire and <laughs> blow stuff up. But yeah, that's uh, all I have to say about the so Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and that weird TV that dawned on me as I'm talking about this. That happens on the show <laughs> all the fucking time. Here's your next pick, Squeeze. What in the good sweet lord is this? Uh, this is just a nice long montage of uh, game of uh, Sega arcade games. Oh. Um, that. Well, this is Daytona USA, if you can't tell. Yeah, Sega had a pretty big uh, market in the uh, video arcade world. <clears throat> pretty big? The biggest. Yeah. According well, to Guinness World Records, which they hold. They still make uh, a lot, right? Oh yeah, they're still going. Uh, you want to guess how many? Uh, thirty-two thousand. No. <laughs> that's, gonna... no, that's too many. That's... Uh, seven thousand. Well, five hundred and thirty, but you know, that's, that's close. It's a lot. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, five hundred and thirty. I'll just read the Guinness Hootenanny thing. Okay. Uh, Sega has produced more arcade games than any other company, with five hundred and thirty games on twenty-three different arcade system boards since nineteen eighty-one. Uh, to date, a total of seventy-six Sega franchises have made it into the arcades, featured in Guinness World Records Gamer Edition. 2010 so they probably should be updating that um they also had sega has a bunch of guinness world records including the first batman game to use uh individual uh animation for that particular game uh on a video game system yeah it just a lot of weird very was that the adventures of batman and robin uh yes yeah yeah that's it's, a... actually they used uh the, the team from uh that was one uh, of the animated series to do those. One of the best, Bruce Tim is the leader on that. One of the best yeah. fucking Sega games and one of the best Batman games to ever be made was The Adventures of Batman and Robin on Sega. Um, but yeah, Sega, so if, if you've gone to an arcade and you've played an arcade game, odds are <clears throat> you're playing a Sega game. Uh, I mean, they've been around forever. They their, their cabinets are everywhere. Their boards are in everything. Um and they actually they still they work well with others. Um, going back, 
you know, they worked with uh, what the hell was the name of the oh the Triforce clearly, um, which they worked with uh, Namco and Nintendo using the GameCube architecture architecture um, to build this game board for the F Zero uh, arcade system or arcade game uh, on uh, for console or for Jesus arcade. Um, well, I'll be dang. Yeah. Um, they right now they're the newest one that they had out. The ALLS runs Unreal Engine four, uh, which is pretty insane. Uh, and for uh, House of the Dead, um, and then they also had like their their systems that they had out there. So like the 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 Sega Saturn, they would use that kind of they would use that part of the system and like make the boards from the video game console also for um, the arcade cabinets. That was the STV. And then uh, there was a whole bunch uh, games that you would know, the ones that they used for uh, uh, Dreamcast, the Naomi. There you're talking Crazy Taxi, Super Monkey Ball, and Virtua Fighter 4. Mm. Virtua Fighter. Vir- Crazy Taxi is awesome with the fucking oh, Spring yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Um so I'm, I'm sure you've played, you know, some of those two. Virtual Cop, um, House of the Dead, which I think is in, like, mandatory that it's... The House. House of the Dead 2. Anywhere. Um, House of the Dead. Specify, it was House of the Dead 2 that was big for, for I mean, Dreamcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm as far as arcade consoles, arcade systems go, House of the they're Dead every, There's a House of the Dead something ah, in an arcade somewhere. The House of the Dead. It's the worst acting. If you want to see the worst yeah. acting in a video game. <laughs> Hello, come into the house. We have to get away from the zombies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and so they laugh, too. Yeah. <laughs> it even mean, it's the only way I can laugh right now because my voice is gone. <clears throat> um, Jurassic Park. Oh, the, sh- um, the shooting, the rail games? Yep. Uh, and then a lot of great classics like uh, Alien Syndrome, Shinobi, Altered Beast, which... I talked about was the first like first arcade experience I remember at the um, Laneco Food Lane arcade between the two buildings. Uh, you know, Golden Axe. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they they had their hand in everything going uh, uh, way back. I mean, they're in so many great arcade games, and I don't know. There's something still fun, even though I'm terrible at them, just because. Don't have the hand-eye coordination. For, I just—it's fun to just pull up to a cabinet and play. It's a different feel, even if it's just for like a quick, twenty, you know, fifty cent. And I'm dating myself. Fifty cent, like three dollar, you know, thirty-second try. Uh, it was great. I took the little one. We were at the mall one day to see Santa, and there was an arcade. She saw it in there, and she's like, "I want to go in there." She just thought it was just rides. You know, because they had like Daytona USA, and they had like one of the right. snowmobile games. And are you, can uh, you not wait to take her to Dave and Buster's where Daddy can have fun with? You know? Oh, it's going to be fantastic! The, uh, we we have a Dave and Buster's opening uh, in two months here in uh, uh, Allentown. I have to drive all the way down the Billy now. Um, not that I went down there just you know to go there, but if I wasn't there, I'd, well, I, I always stay in the fish I town like that area fish game that they have where you have to like spear the fish and like you have to like work together to 
You know oh. what I'm talking about? No, we like the Enchant- it's a ticket game. <clears throat> Enchantress and I like the Kung Fu Panda game where you have to snatch the you have to hit the 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 pads to snatch the things. Mm-hmm. It's a ticket game too. Uh, we yeah, we're five. Um, <clears throat> but no, I'm... no, she actually she sat in my lap and drove. We were playing Daytona USA. I was working the pedals, yeah. and uh, she was driving, and it was. I mean, it didn't go well, but it was it was adorable. She was having the time of her life. It was like her first arcade experience, um, and it was a lot of fun. And I just, I don't know, I just like seeing you know with Dave and Buster's and stuff, you know, growing going strong and. I feel like it's it's coming back around. You know, I want to see more arcades. I want to see more pinballs out there. We got that place uh, downtown that seems to be doing pretty well. Well, like I was saying, uh, whenever I'm in Philly, we usually stay in the the Penn's Landing Fishtown area. Yes. So we go to Dave & Buster's. We go to Barcade back over by the Fillmore. Mm Um. That's at an, and I, there's no reason uh, Fishtown's growing, becoming like the, the place to go in Philadelphia. There's really, and then you're right by Old City. There's no reason to go anywhere else. No, Center City can be fun, but why not? Why go there when you could just go? No, there's nothing there. No, there is. I, there's some yeah, fun stuff. Eh. There's some fun I'm an, bars. I'm an Old City guy myself. I like Old City too, but I like Fishtown more now more than ever. Because, hmm. uh, of course, Barcade's there and Dave and Buster's. Dave Buster's technically, I guess, Penn's Landing, but still, yeah. right around the corner from Fishtown. With some cool stuff. Uh, all right, It's here. a sidewalk along a highway. It is. It really is. Oh, and they do have that a little, they added that little arcade in uh, down by the, uh, where they added all those, like, uh, cargo containers and just. Oh, started... right up, right, the Christopher Columbus. When we were down there for Foo Fighters, yeah. Yeah, Columbus Square, whatever it is, right in front of the uh, yeah. Hilton and Penn's Landing. Yeah, but that was mostly like those like rip-off skill games. There weren't yeah. like legit arcade games in there. A bunch of claw, loose claw games that fuck you over. But they turned that area into a place you could drink in the summer, and that's all. You know that what? Matters. Anytime I can just go and get a beer somewhere in public and like hang out over a sludgy river yeah. in a net, I'm happy. Those delicious, delicious Delaware River catfish. Yes. <laughs> it's the 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 pollution that makes them good. Yeah. to Charlie Kelly and, and Frank it's Reynolds. A, it's a marinade. <clears throat> All right. My last pick. We're almost done with the Sega show. It's been a long one, but a good one. Here we go. Since library communication is pathetic, here's the IR7000 from Sega. Send messages back and forth to your hoodlum friends without getting busted. So get the message. Get the IR7000. So back uh, in the day... Uh, Sega teamed with Casio to brand a version of one of their data banks as the Sega IR7000. This bombed horribly. No one bought it. So it was uh, like an $85 piece marked down to about $9 at at Toys R Us. Not only did did it bomb, the... um, My Super Magic Diary, which was the quote-unquote girl version of the Mm -hmm, bombed, mm -hmm. And the Casio branded one, the Secret Sender 6000 bombed. So they were all marked down at Toys R Us. I was there with my buddy Matt and my parents and my brother and sister. We all bought one. I bought the Sega one. Matt bought the Sega one. My brother Chris got the, the Sony. I'm sorry, not the Sony. The Casio Secret Sender. It had a remote function. like You can control a television with it. He found that 
more uh, applicable to his life. And uh, Lisa bought the, my little sister bought the Magic Diary 6500. Uh, but Matt and I had the IR 7000s. So this, <laughs> this uh, was your personal, your PDA essentially before um, your iPhone was a thing. You, it, it, it kept uh, a calendar. It, uh, hold on, I wrote notes of what everything it did because there was some funny. So it, it was a scheduler, like a calendar, Ooh. a calculator, a currency converter, an alarm, memos, world map, phone contacts. And this is the best part. It had business contacts and pleasure contacts. Oh. Ten different language settings. And it had an early like Memoji feature, um, the Mebo hmm. or whatever. Where you can take a bunch of different facial features and make avatars for people in your uh, contact book. And then you made your avatar and then you could play. So that had IR beams on the top and had this game called Brain Drain, which was like a basic uh, 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 RPG hit battle feature game. Hmm. You know, like an RPG hit game, you know. Yeah. Turn-based. So it was like a turn-based hit game that you could play against the computer or using the RF feature with one of your friends. <clears throat> and it put your face against theirs, and it was like the brain thing. And um, it was just a stupid little game. But the coolest feature was you could send messages back and forth via the IR, but you had to have it lined up kind of just right. <laughs> uh, it featured 128 kilobytes of memory. <laughs> right off two oh, triple. wow. Two AAA batteries and one watch battery, and it had more memory in those batteries, probably. Yeah, right. It had a passive LCD monochrome screen. Um, It was so you pretty much had to be within like arm's reach with each other. Yeah, you could be across the table essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I mean, it's good. It was the forebearer to you know eating like dinner with all like you know a group of guys from work everyone's on their phone just motherfuckering each other via text right but for a 12 year old kid this thing was like the coolest little pocket computer i'm gonna make my kid get one of these before she ever gets a phone yeah get her up to a big here's your first phone it's a sega ir 7000 communicator I no, have... she's already got a fucking Amazon little kid pad or whatever the hell they call them <laughs> which is more powerful than pretty much anything i had up until i was in my 30s uh, yep. And she can watch Daniel Tiger with it. <laughs> At. Um, but yeah, that I saved my last one because there wasn't much to say about it. I just thought it was a cool little Sega thing. And I remember getting it like super clearance discounted from like that one uh, uh, end cap at Toys R Us. And, just and be- it was translucent. It was translucent. Being in my dad's um, Suburban and... Uh, we were just from the front, the, the, the two rows of seats, sending messages back and forth, and Lisa just kept going, "What are you saying? What are you saying?" <laughs> oh, that's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Uh, here's your last pick, there, handsome. So, I made this my last pick because I honestly can't remember if I officially talked about it or not. Problem is, I started throwing in, like, Genesis games when we started doing, like, the 90s years. Yeah. 
And I couldn't go through and narrow it down, be, you know, to find out if I did it specifically until I go I, through. I each think you did, but who cares? Because I remember saying that I read one of the stories in Blake J. Harris, who was a guest in the Rad Years uh, book, uh, Console Wars, was how they fought for the be- they had the better Sega had the better version of the Aladdin game. Oh hell yeah, absolutely by far. In fact, it might be you, you could argue that it might be the best platformer on the system. It's that good. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous game to begin with. Um, the the use of like depth in the foregrounds, like sometimes you're running and you're like behind an object, you don't even know where you're at. It it just it makes the world feel so much more alive. Every, all the enemies, the animations for them were like unique. There were different enemies. Um, it was very Sega. Like there was definitely um, like a Sega look. And this played yes. like a Sega game like a look, in a good way. A Sega feel in a good way. Yes, yeah. It, it was like when you look at this game, you like, oh, that, that's a Sega Genesis game right there. Like if you had to pick, like if you had, to, like uh, if Sonic wasn't around, and like it, you could say, like it, it's weird because the branding, like well, this the licensing, because was... it's Aladdin to Disney game. Right. This was also the, this... the first video game to use hand drawn animation, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the book, it says it was the first video game ever to use hand-drawn animation. Um, so it, it has that um, stigma of being like a movie game or a cartoon game or not like, you know, it's like, well, it's, well, it's not a Zelda. It's not a Mario. It's not a Metroid. It's not a Landstalker. Um where it's designed specifically to be a video game where it, the, the importance of the game is in the gameplay. Here, the importance of the game is in the gameplay. It is, by far, it's near perfect. It's original, it's fun, it's fresh. Every, oh, God, I sound like a douchebag saying that, like I'm some writing some blog video game review. Um, but it really is, like, everything has, a, like I was saying about Sonic earlier, how all the levels were different. <clears throat> The enemies, just the way it changes up, the way you have to combat things and kind of... Well, it's proof with the right amount of money, you can rush a game uh, because Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, spent, I think, a quarter of a million dollars to get this game done. And they had, I think, a third of a time as a normal game because they wanted it to come out at the release of the home video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, with that, that's just proof with the money... And it basically looks like you're playing a cartoon, especially back in that yeah. time. Well, and I mean, to be fair, though, there's there's m- less chances of things going wrong here than, like, today's modern standards. Like, in a big open-world game, like, when it comes to testing and bugs, you know, there's a big difference between now and then mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Now, when you rush a game, that's when you start running into problems because there's you start really cutting corners and not paying attention to what you're doing. Um, they did a hell of a job with it. It's such a fun game. Um, the controls are tight. It's it's fun to play. It's colorful, and it like it like I said, it, we taught. I've brought it up so many times before. It was hard for me to remember if I ever did before. Did I talk Red and Stimpy on it before too? Uh, that was on my short list. And all these games, I'm like, I thought I talked about all of them. That and Jungle Strike. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Did I talk about Landstalker before? No. Damn it. 
should pick Landstalker. Uh, Andy Lucky was, this, I think, producer on this game. His dad was a legendary Bud Lucky who did so much great work for Pixar. And Andy from Toy Story, whose name was written on the bottom of uh, uh, Woody's shoe, was named after Andy Lucky. Uh. Uh, and Andy supervised, uh, was a producer on the 1980s and 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that we all love. And it won five Emmy nominations. Didn't mm. win any Emmys, or I'm sorry, earned. Didn't win any. You know, it's as much. A, it's more of an honor to be nominated with such great people than to even win. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a dig? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I've never been nominated. You tell me. No, sweet boy. Um. But yeah, that's a great game, and people still cite it as one of the the greatest animated movie adaptions of a video game. And and I will admit, never owned it. No, but rented the shit out of it to the point where I. That probably, is a game you'd rent, right? It probably would have, but I would rent it and then go back and just renew it or like return. It. I don't know if you could do that or rent, return it and renew, rent it right again, right away again. Um, I probably spent more money renting it. It would have been better off for me to just buy it. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's such a good game. Such a good game. All right, uh, that wraps it up for our episode about Sega. I mean, this was it was fun delving into Sega, and it wasn't hard either. This was a real episode, really easy episode to put together, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know, just but pulling out the old brainstem and looking at it and be like oh yeah i remember that just like they allowed scorpion to do in the original mortal kombat game for sega genesis that super nintendo didn't allow him to do you can pull your head and your brain stem out of their body yes and inspect it and inspect find it those memories find those um, memories now if you were on nintendo and super nintendo you could not no nope, i remember the thing um so that was it for Sega. Uh, this was a fun show, and it was a uh, coincidentally good timing. Um, uh, just good planning on your part, sir. <laughs> uh, it's not being condescending in any way whatsoever. So we'll we we will be back next week with a full. Re- so check check in. Keep our eye on our Instagram page and our YouTube page and our website, radiers.com, and our Twitter account. We are going to be all over our all our accounts uh, on Sunday and Monday uh, this week, reporting live from Toy Fair in New York City, all the cool toys that are coming out. We will shit all over Hasbro for bringing those stupid Tiger games back, but also no. get down... <laughs> we're going to be playing them kissing their ass. Yeah, we're going to get down and fillet them for the Ghostbusters toys, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime... Um, the, the Radius t-shirts came in. I posted a picture on our Instagram and they will be for the very select few that do the extra steps and get the pins and pins are in production. Um, uh, Nicole from China said that they were allowed to start production again. (laughs) And, um, I got a guarantee that the coronavirus cannot be transmitted over a product like a pin. So we're all safe. But uh, we'll be back next week when we're talking retro candy. 
more retro candy and um squeezer hopefully will have more of his voice back and i will have mine in full uh percentage but until then i'm rk he's squeezer bye-bye